Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. And I just have to say this, Kim Kardashian, I love you. I love you and all your assets. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from a smoke-filled recording studio built here at my home. Yeah, home, home. In my uh, slippers and sweatshirt and jammies and nice and comfortable for a uh, winter's broadcast of the Pipes Magazine radio show. So, on tonight's show, holiday season's upon us. How about my gift-giving guide for pipe parts? And I've, uh, I've, I've pulled in some expert opinions from uh, gift buyers for that. My guest tonight is a pipe collector, a pipe smoker. His name is Brandon Marquette. Brandon is a uh, pipe smoker on a mission, and we'll talk about that with him. Uh, mailbag music... We're going back to uh, Satchmo and Mel Torme. How's that for a pairing for music tonight? And a rant, all that coming up in tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, Hey, if you're missing out on PipesMagazine.com, go check out the the cartoon caption contest. Uh, Occasionally, I get to help out Kevin with uh, choosing the winners. I had nothing to do with choosing the winners on this one in particular. However, a couple of our... uh, I know everybody that won is a listener of the show. Uh, Rondi came in first. Anthony J. Houston, who was a guest previously, came in second. But according to Kevin, and I concurred after I read him... This was by far the biggest and best competition of any of the cartoon caption contests ever. So go check out those cartoon captions. There's a brand new one with uh, Santa Claus. Brand new one for the month of December, so make sure and check that out. And there's always a lot more going on on Pipes Magazine, so make sure and check around there. Uh, around the home front... Hey, house is almost back together again, so I won't bore you with all those details, but it's getting fun to actually unpack stuff and refine new, <laughs> refine old new stuff again. All right, let's get the show going. So everybody, sit back, get a warm drink with you, fire up your bowl. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company, and here we go. need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favourite blends outside of the US? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favourite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the US and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. The Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country, it's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, 
and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy Periques, or unique aromatics, we've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco, blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellandDeal.com. Welcome back. All right, here is my goal with this. In a few minutes, I'll give you a warning, and this is when you can uh, either unplug your headset or crank up the volume or gather uh, your loved ones around you who might be buying gifts for you. But my goal of this is to give suggestions out loud that will help us pipe smokers get the gifts that, you know, that we want, maybe, that that will make us happy as pipe smokers for uh, this holiday season. Uh, the idea is that none of us really need the uh, little bull with the horns pipe anymore or, uh, you know, little, uh, little doodads. Or the last thing we need is a tie with a pipe on it. Although if you do want pipe ties, there's a, a really cool website that I've been goofing around with called Zazzle, Z-A-Z-Z-L-E.com. And they've got a fairly good selection of ties with pipes. And there's one with a cup of coffee on there. Uh, but anyway... So what I'm going to do is, in a few, in just a few seconds, we'll start this. So right now would be a good time for you to unplug your earphones or gather your loved ones around, because here we go with the holiday gift-giving guide for pipe smokers or how to buy a gift for a pipe smoker for 2014. Uh, the first thing on the on the list is, obviously, pipes. Yeah, we like pipes, don't we? So... I did some research, and here's a way for those of us that want to buy a pipe for somebody to pick out a pipe and say we may not be the most aware of what exactly the person likes in a pipe or exactly how to buy a pipe. Well, based off of suggestions of what some uh, loved ones have done in the past is they've either taken pictures of their spouse's pipes or the person that they're buying pipes for they've taken pictures of them or they've written down brand names and then they would get a hold of their uh, favorite retailer and talk to them based off of those pictures or based off of the brand names what pipes to pick out now if you're buying a pipe for somebody and obviously you really care about them my suggestion is if you like the pipe they will too but make sure and know what brands of pipes they like. Make sure and know what sizes and shapes. And that's why maybe a, a picture helps. Because when you walk into a brick and mortar store or you email it to somebody online uh, or you're looking at it online, you may not be able to uh, translate what exactly it is. But if you look at pictures and see brand names, well, that'll help a lot. So do that. Uh, Quick suggestion, look for Pipe of the Years. Uh, December's the time for a lot of Pipe of the Years to come out, and those make great holiday gifts. And remember, the giving of a pipe goes back years and years and years ago to the tradition of uh, bringing in the new year by smoking a brand new clay pipe and then smashing it in the, in the, uh, in, in the fireplace to uh, bring in the new year and celebrate with that. So don't do that with a fancy briar pipe, please. Don't do that. All right, 
going into some of the other items. Um, I like music. I always love getting music as a gift. If you're looking for pipe smokers, related type music, well, we've had several artists on the show. So Dan Locklear, if you like classical music. Uh, recently, Dom Flemons for some old-time music. Uh, you could go through the catalog of all the music that we've played here on the show in the past. Uh, Bing Crosby makes a great, you know, great holiday music. Uh, just tons and tons of musicians that we've had on and tons of music that we've featured. Those work out great. Uh, drinks. It's a great time of the year to buy booze for people, especially warmer times of the year. Now, if the loved one that you're buying a gift for happens to like Virginia's and Virginia Perique blends, try one of the sweeter brown liquors. If your loved one likes an English blend like a Latakia, try more of the uh, single malt scotches or blended scotches. If your loved one is an aromatic fan, I really don't know. Depends on what flavor they, uh, what flavor of aromatic. Just pick out something they like. Um, Books are another great thing. There is a ton of really good books on pipe smoking related stuff. You can go on any of the online guys. Go on to Amazon, look up pipe books. Uh, there's a brand, you know, there's been a couple of new books that have come out this year that pipe smokers will all love. In the same category of books, if you're not a member of the NASPC, buy somebody a membership. An online, a digital membership is 10 bucks. A print membership is 17 or 18 bucks for six issues. Same thing goes with Pipes and Tobacco's magazine. Give them a subscription to Pipes and Tobacco's magazine. It's a beautiful print publication. All right, accessories. Accessories work great as stocking stuffers. If you want it, or if you want to go even higher dollar, there's some great high dollar tampers and ashtrays that are gorgeous pieces of art. Um, Michael Johnson and the Cosmic Folklore Studios tampers. Some of the most beautiful ashtrays you'll see. Pipe smokers, we all need ashtrays, and we need them all designed specifically to hold pipes in them. Tobacco pouches are always handy, although a little personal. Sometimes it's hard to pick out something like that. But if you're looking for stocking stuffers, hey, listen, pipe cleaners, tobacco, tins of of seasonal Christmas tobacco releases, uh, tins of their favorite tobaccos. A lot of us are trying to build up our cellars, so that's a great way to do it. Uh, but again, don't forget the accessories. Here's another idea. Since a lot of us pipe smokers, not me, have to smoke outside during the wintertime, and you really want to treat them right, how about a small space heater for them to huddle around or sit near while they're outdoors enjoying their pipe? So there you go. There's a little idea for you. Uh, you can also go back and refer to the top 10 holiday gift guide on pipesmagazine.com for some other ideas. And uh, hey, you, you want to get me a plastic storage bin filled up full of tobacco? I'll take it. All right. In just a minute, Brandon Marquette will be on the phone with me. This is Internet Radio. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn. Or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Craftsmanship. History. Tradition. 
These are the hallmarks of all quality products. From the finest wines bottled in France to the most highly engineered automobiles manufactured in Germany, Denmark has been the one country in the world where craftsmanship, history and tradition have for centuries created the finest pipe tobaccos in the world. Since 1887, the Halberg family have led the pipe tobacco industry through their ownership of Mac Baron Tobacco Company, and they continue to create the most sought-after blends in the world today, just as they did over 100 years ago. In keeping with their long history of providing the world with the best tobacco on earth, Mac Baron is proud to announce their newest creation, Modern Virginia, as a loose-cut version and a flake version. Bright and dark, rich Virginia tobaccos have been combined with just a hint of burley for strength in this soft and smooth smoke with delicious fruit undertones. As the world leader in flake tobacco production, Mac Baron is sure that this blend will appeal to the true connoisseurs of traditional Virginia flake tobacco, as well as those who like their tobaccos on the sweeter side. Enjoy the culmination of centuries of experience by picking up a tin of modern Virginia from Mac Baron Tobacco Company. Available at fine tobacconists everywhere. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Now joining me on the telephone is a pipe smoker, pipe collector, and uh, somebody who's been uh, doing some interesting stuff on the hobby side of it. So please welcome Brandon Marquette to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hello, everyone. All right, Brandon, you're in Chicago. And uh, really what, what I found fascinating is, and you'll, I'm, I'm going to ask you about it, we're going to jump right into it now, is... You started going to the Chicago Pipe Show in 1997 before it moved to any of the bigger places. So can you give us all a glimpse of what the show was like back then? Well, it was much smaller, um, much more intimate. Um, obviously, the, the people involved in the hobby back then were a little older. Um, uh, the, the hobby itself was much smaller. Um, you usually didn't see people from other countries going, like you do today. Um, there was, I almost missed the smaller shows. There was a, a level of connection you, you make with people that you just don't really get today. Yeah, I mean, it's very simple. I've been going to the show since 2001, and we've really never even had a chance to really sit down and talk for any length of time at all whatsoever, except for maybe a quick hello here and there. Exactly. Um that's one of the reasons why, as the as the industry is changing, it, it's grown tremendously, and now it seems to be kind of shrinking back down. Uh, I hope to, especially in the future here, to, to meet more people and be, be a little more active in the hobby. So let, let's go back to the beginning. When did you start smoking a pipe? I started smoking a pipe in 1990. Um, I saw a friend smoking uh, an old Cherrywood Oompal. And I just thought it was the strangest and most interesting thing I had ever seen. And did you go out right away and buy yourself a pipe and start with a cherry aromatic? I didn't start with a cherry aromatic. I started with black Cavendish. Ooh. <laughs> so, but you actually stuck with it. and I did, I did, I did stick with it. Um, I, it, it kind of... In, in, within about a year, I had about 100 pipes. <laughs> so uh, I went pretty crazy with it. Wait, wait a second. Within one year, you had 100 pipes? 100 pipes. Uh, were these pipes all uh, basic drugstore pipes, or did, had you discovered pipe shops? And Well, 
they, they were pipe shops. They weren't anything good. They were mostly basket pipes. Your, uh, you know, your cheaper uh, Italian handmade. Um, sometimes you'd see Hungary. <laughs> Pretty much no name pipes, but uh, you know that was the only real way to find what you were looking for back then. Is is to go through and go to many different pipe shops, and go through their sections. And you know, you you'd see the occasional expensive Dunhill. You know, Dunhills back then were you know still two, three, four hundred dollars, depending on the quality. And uh, I just thought that was insane to, to to pay those kind of prices. So I would go straight to the baskets and and hope that I got a good smoker. Did you have much luck with those baskets and finding you know, finding a really good pipe? No luck whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when did you when did you start into uh, the more expensive or the higher grade pipes? That was um, ninety eight, I believe, nineteen ninety eight. I bought a Brebia Anniversary Briar Calabash, and it was a, a, an interesting shape. It was a ju, the Jubilee, the 1997 Jubilee pipe, and it was so much better than everything, anything else I had ever had. That I went, ooh, maybe the expensive pipes are better, <laughs> and it pretty much started an obsession, which has lasted to this day. <laughs> 16 years later and still obsessed with finding the best smoking pipe possible? Yes, very much so. All right, did you do the same thing with tobaccos? Did you bounce all over the place until you found the better ones or the ones that you liked more? Well, it was. I remember reading Richard Carlton Hacker's book, The Ultimate Pipe Book, and he described in that book about how you would, it was always a, a quest to find the best tobacco. And so I would try everything. I mostly stayed away from Latakians just because I couldn't stand them right from the beginning. Yay. Um, yeah, yay. So, and, and then I discovered Perique, and then it was then I had to find the best Perique blend out. All right. Which I still, which I still haven't found. You still haven't found it, but which ones for you have gotten close to being the best? Um, I would say Old Cope's Escudo. Solani 633, and now uh, a, a favorite of mine for the past, oh, I don't know, 15 years or so, is um, McClellan's Beacon. Which was off the market for a while, off and on there. Yes. Um, they had some really great batches when it was blended under Pipe Collectors of America. Um, they're, it's still very, very good. And it just seemed like the preak... Um, the qual the quality and the quantity of preak in the blend would 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 change subtly. So it was whenever that PCCA would would come out with a batch, you'd have to get ten tins just in case. <laughs> have you tried the current releases of Beacon and Beacon Extra? Yes, I have. Um, I am absolutely in love with Beacon Extra. That is an amazing blend. I mean, I taste so many different things uh, with the extra freak in it. I love that stuff. And as a as a Perik fanatic like me, can you tell a difference in the Perik that comes in, in the Perik that different manufacturers use? Oh yes, oh yes, very much so. Um, it seems like whatever the, the American blenders do have better Perik than the European blenders. Of course, that's to my tongue. Other people could be different. 
Well, it, it's your taste, and you're the expert on it. So, uh, what is what does the? I mean, what does a really good perique taste like to you versus a, a perique that's not so good? Well, I seem to like the perique that almost has a lavender, sunflower seed kind of taste to it. It should be a little a little touch of nuttiness, a little bit lavender, almost a silky smooth. Whereas the lower quality proof, in my opinion, tastes a little bit, it goes a little bit more towards the black pepper and white pepper taste. So for for those of us that are going to taste it, it's the the meatier or the the more, uh, the, the sweeter ones are better than the spicier ones? Yes, I believe so. Because, you know, the, 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 the base tobacco of what was grown in St. James Parish is very different from what it, what is mostly used nowadays, which is the Green River uh, Burley. It, it, there are subtle differences to the taste of each tobacco. And I would imagine the way each manufacturer handles it, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you do you try just straight Virginias in there occasionally still, or do you play around with aromatics occasionally? I never touch aromatics. Um, I do, I, you know, straight Virginias are, are a love for me. The older, the better. Um, wh- whether they be from Africa or India or the United States, it's all good to me. Now, a, uh, a friend of mine, uh, named Gregory Pease, who is too chicken to come back on the radio show again, uh, <laughs> Greg told me that you are on a personal a personal goal of yours is to taste test every classic tobacco made. Yes. Uh, all um, right. How's it? How's that going? Why and how expensive has that been? Oh, I, I don't even want to think about the kind of money I've spent on on agents. I mean, it's easily been easily been over twenty thousand dollars. Uh, I started this quest when I read My Lady Nicotine by J.M. Barry, yeah. where he describes his Arcadia mixture. And um, the, the first really, really delicious aged tobacco I had was about 96. And I just, it started a quest. I've, I was one of those eBay, early eBay trollers who would search for aged tins and pay exorbitant amounts for them. <laughs> I've, I have tried just about every single famous blend other than Dunhill's Ye Old Sign. That is my one that's my white whale at this point. Were there some of the were there some of the blends that were kind of disappointing to you? Well, well, I don't know about disappointing. Um I mean, I've tried all the old, you know, pretty Murray's Dunhills and you know, those were mostly a lot of Kia blends, which I would like, you know, less than Virginia Preaks or, you know, uh, a, a blend with a higher oriental com- component. But I don't know if I've ever really been disappointed with anything aged. What's been what's been some of your favorites that you've tried? Uh, Balkan Sobrani Virginia number 10. Uh, Balkan Sobrani. Really, all the Balkan Sobranis were so good. What they did, some old McConnell's. I've had... Um, 50-year-old McConnell's Red Virginia Supreme back when it was um, an American tobacco with no uh, aromatic essence to it. 
I had I had three cutter top tins that were puffed out and they wouldn't fit straight. And when I opened them, they would literally explode with tobacco. Tobacco would come shooting out, all the all the outgassing. That was <laughs> ambrosial tobacco. Does it look like the like the peanut cans with the snake stuck inside of them? <laughs> exactly. That led me on a quest to uh, really kind of focus my tastes to uh, the aged Virginias. Something happens to Red Virginia at about the forty-year mark. It becomes almost like a cotton candy-like taste. Before we go to the break, if there's uh, are there tobaccos out there that you can recommend to our listeners that might be aged enough but are still kind of underpriced and smoke really well, or uh, tobaccos that you think will age exceptionally well? Well, yeah, sure. Um, I like. Uh, Almost everyone knows about the McCraney's Red, Red Ribbon and Red Flake. Those are great. Those age greatly, too. Um, I believe that McClellan's Rich Virginia Ribbon is going to turn really, really good. I think McClellan's Epitome is going to become really, really good with, with about a decade on it. Obviously, anything from Greg Pease. Um, obviously, different taste, but... Um, Greg Pease is one of the best blenders, in my opinion, in the world. He knows what he's doing, and his, his tobaccos blend, or they age well. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to talk about pipes and uh, American pipe makers. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achille Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs, comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. Cup of Joe's, a name you know, a name that you trust for all your tobacco needs. Exclusive pipes, pipe tobacco, accessories, pipe stands, and so much more. Cup of Joe's is the one place you can go and take care of every single one of your tobacco purchases. Fast shipping, friendly, professional service. One site, cupofjoes.com. And coming soon, their new line of smoking man pipes, cupofjoes.com. Quality products and extraordinary prices. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Brandon. And, you know, Brandon, I was just thinking, I, I like having you on here because you've got absolutely nothing to sell and you're not talking about anything except about the stuff that you like and the stuff that you know. So, uh, but l let's talk about your, your pipe collecting. Uh, Greg had mentioned to me also that you've been inspirational in creating five new new pipe shapes. Um, I can't quite remember all five at the moment, but I know there's one that's 
near and dear to my heart, which is the vampire squid. Uh, what what is a vampire squid? <laughs> a va- a, well, first off, the vampire squid is a very probably the most interesting squid in all the seas. Uh, it's evil looking. It's small. It's deadly. It has bioluminescence on its on its claws and its tentacles. Uh, and I you know I saw a Nova special about it, and I, I I kept looking at it and thought, what a cool animal! And then it hit me that could be a pipe. Um, I actually thought about, you know, I, I've had this idea for a while, and the only one who was really doing any shape that was even remotely close to it was Ravjagin, Mikhail Ravjagin. So I thought, okay, it's got to be a reverse calabash, and, you know, he's got to make one. But his, he, he, his prices went so sky high so quickly, and justifiably so, he has changed the, pipe, the, the, the hobbies invented a whole new system of smoking with a reverse calabash. Um, so I started commissioning American makers to make their version of a vampire squid. So far I have five of them, and I love them to death. And what's the what's the basic shape? Keep in mind everybody's kind of listening to this, so you're going to have to spell it out in pictures. Okay, um, the, the shape is basically a Ravyagin B. B shape, but with usually a, a, a sense of plateau where the reverse calabash is, and um, yeah, it's it's almost a Russian-looking style of pipe. If that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's kind of uh, kind of an earthy, natural look to it, from what I can see online. Yeah, and and I just thought. Why wouldn't anyone, why, I mean, there are so many ideas for shapes that, that go through different people's minds. One of the, one of the great funds I've had in, pipe, in, in, in this hobby is commissioning a new shape, having, having an idea and working with a pipe maker to come up with something unique. All right, so I've, I've done that myself a couple of times to, to a great failure. How do you go about doing that would do you start discussing it do you draw pictures when you're chatting with the pipe maker walk us through how that works well i usually have a basic idea in my head and i try to convey it through words usually talking to the maker uh, i will do sketches oh my i'm i'm certainly not an artist <laughs> and one of my one of my caveats is that i would want that pipe especially when i like when i'm ordering my vampire squids I say I want you as the maker to make your version, so it's, so it looks like one of your pipes. And is there a, another shape that you like to work with pipe makers on? Is yes, I am a bit of a bluefish collector. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I just think that it is the quintessential modern shape. You know, uh, the very first bluefish weren't, uh, you know, made by the Danes were, were interesting. But when I first started getting really into the hobby, the, the blowfish pipe was so expensive that I, would, I wasn't able to afford it. Nowadays, it seems like every, every, every decent maker makes a blowfish, and they do it a little differently than everyone else. Oh. That's one of the joys of, of this hobby for me is, is having a blowfish from, from a guy who does it a little different from everyone else. But what defines a blowfish for you? Uh, well, it has to be crawfish. It has to be asymmetrical. 
uh, usually a little smaller. A blowfish should be a smaller pipe. Um, not the not the large style blowfish with a knife edge, where it's basically a bent egg with a knife edge on the side. I'm talking about the cross cut, almost hockey puck style, where you got a couple of swirling lines on both sides that are asymmetrical to each other. And... Yes, with the with the whiplash effect to the stem, where the stem is carved, so it looks like it's kind of curving to one side a little bit. Uh, if I were looking for a blowfish. What pipe makers would you point me in the direction of? Well, there are a lot. <laughs> right at the top of my head, I would have to say Michael Lindner, Grant Batson, Scott Klein, Chris Morgan. Um, now, if you wanted to go uh, in a different direction and go for the Danes, obviously Lars Iverson. Yeah, good uh, luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck. Um, yes, kind of it. Good luck again. Yeah. But there are, you know, it's it, it almost every maker makes a blowfish. Every prof- I should say every professional maker makes a blowfish. Almost every single maker. And and now talking about pipe makers in in particular, you've seen since '97 and going to the Chicago Pipe Show, you've seen, uh, well, what, maybe 500 new pipe makers come and show up at the pipe show over the past 15, 16 years? Oh, at least. Uh, what, what is it that catches your eye? What do you look for when you're, when you're looking at a brand new pipe maker? Well, they have to have their own style. If there are a lot of makers who make great pipes, but they don't really have their own style yet. I mean, there are guys who've been making pipes 30 to 50 years, and they don't have their own style. I seem to gravitate towards the makers who really do something different. Um, like, let's, let's take Ali Sylvester for one. Yeah. Nobody does pipes like Ali Sylvester. No. <laughs> totally unique in the world. When you're looking at those pipes, are you also looking at them for an engineering quality? Are you looking at them for, you know, to make sure that they actually smoke and function as well? Well, of course. Uh, function, you know, it, it, that's the most important part for a pipe for me. Um, I've had I've had pretty good experiences with most of my pipes, so I, um, I, I can't really, I wouldn't really be able to put my finger on, you know, a d- distinct engineering, but there are, there do seem to be differences in quality of pipes. Now, obviously, the higher quality, the more you're going to pay. And, you know, just like everything else in this world. Yeah. But if it doesn't smoke well, I'll usually get rid of the pipe after a couple of years. Do you give it a couple of years to to try to get it to work for you, or is it just uh, just timing? No, well, it just seems to be timing. I mean, when I buy a pipe, I'm going to have it in my collection for three, four years at least, because you never know. Sometimes pipes, they don't smoke so well. A couple of years later, you put, you know, 150, 200 bowls through through them, and then all of a sudden they open up. Huh. So it takes a little bit of time to kind of break it in or season it? Well, you know, it, that's like the old argument. How long does it take for a pipe to, to break in? <laughs> in my personal opinion, it, it's at least 100 smokes. And what... In your opinion, what's happening during those during those 100 smokes or that time to break it in? Well, 
again, you know, that's, you know, we're talking about one of the mysteries of Briar, but it almost like, for some reason, the more you smoke a pipe, the better it becomes. And now, is there a point where a pipe kind of tapers off and starts to get worse? Well, obviously, the, 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 you know, if you have a, you know, a, a cake that's half an inch thick, it's not going to smoke well. But if you keep the cake down by, with proper tamping, it's going to last a lot longer. It's almost like there's something in tobacco, whatever the juices or the smoke, needs to really penetrate the wood. And then you you said something about proper tamping. Yes, I'm a big believer in in tamping. What is your proper tamping technique? Well, I I use a tamper on every single bowl. I don't let tobacco build up in the chamber. I, almost all of my pipes look like they don't have any cake whatsoever. And all my pipes smoke excellently. Do Some you, people say build up a cake. I, I, I'm not so sure about that. I think the cake should be really, really thin. Do you dedicate one blend to a pipe, or do you move blends around through those pipes? Well, usually as I open a tin, I will go through the tin with a couple of pipes, and then I'll open a different tin, and then, you know, it's the same pipes will go through. You know, we'll have that tin through them. Oh, but I, I do keep, like, Virginia's only for certain pipes, Vapor's only for certain pipes. So you're you're like I am. You're not going too far off your base anyway. So it, mixing tobaccos, yeah. mixing specific blends in a pipe doesn't really matter too much. Yeah, exactly. Do you do a cleaning process after each bowl? No. I think it's it's a bad idea to take your pipes apart ever ever only one bowl. I have pipes that I've had for five years and I've never taken the stem off. You use pipe cleaners occasionally. <laughs> I I always use pipe cleaners, but I just don't believe that taking the pipe apart is a good idea. If it, if it has proper engineering, and there's not a gap between, you know, the, the, in the shank of the pipe, it shouldn't build up. You know, juices and, and, and icky stuff in there. So give it a pipe cleaner when you're done with it, run it through, and then uh, let the it pipe rest? Pipe through, let it rest. Um, I have pipes that I've really have, have really smoked a lot of. I'm actually holding a, a Tom Alpang chubby apple right now, and I've abused this pipe. And it <laughs> smokes excellently. It's one of, one of those so-called magic pipes. It built up a little bit of a cake, and then just stopped. It just stopped building cake completely. Any kind of tobacco I put in this in this tobacco pipe is going to smoke great. Wow. One of, those, one of those pipes I will never, ever, ever sell. How many pipes do you have in your collection right now at this moment? Ooh, uh, I'd say about 50. And I, uh, and I usually don't. I, I never really go above about 75. So on a regular basis, you look at your pipe collection and say, okay, these guys aren't making it to the top of the list and trim them down and trade them off, sell them off? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I've had pretty good luck, so I don't really sell that many pipes. When you're getting ready for the Chicago Pipe Show, now you are a seasoned Chicago Pipe Show attendee. Do you go to the show with a budget and an idea of what pipes you're going to look for, or do you go and just go crazy? Or, I mean, 
how do you how do you plan for your pipe buying at the show? Um, I, well, I use it's very rare for me to buy pipes at the show. I go for the tobacco. I want to go for stuff that I haven't seen before. I go to see new makers work, what uh, some of the more veteran guys are making these days. Uh, but for me, at this point, and you know, in like '98, from about '98 to about 2005, I went for pipes. Nowadays, it seems more that I'm I'm more looking for aged tins. And we've talked about how many pipes you have. Nobody knows your exact location in the uh, greater Chicago area. Uh, how much tobacco do you have? Oh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> at, at this point, I estimate uh, about about 900 tins and around around 150 to 200 pounds of bulk. Uh, did, did I mention that we're brothers separated at birth? <laughs> And you missed a few birthdays. <laughs> I'm very sorry about that, Brian. <laughs> okay, well, I, I guess I'll I'll get over it. Um, do you do the same thing when you go to the pipe show? Are you also looking at new tobaccos that you think might age well, so you want to stockpile them for a while? Oh, of course, of course. Um, and now again, I really don't smoke a lot of key all that much, even though I've kind of learned. The differences between Latakias. Um, I don't smoke young tobacco anymore. I just don't have to. I, I think that smoking young tobacco is almost a waste of the tobacco itself. Because so many changes happen within the first 10 years that it, it's going to be so much better between the 10 and 20 year mark. Why smoke something young? So there you go. You go out, you find a blend that you think is going to be good, and then you uh, pile up a whole bunch and wait 10 years. Oh, sure. I mean, I bought a lot of tobacco in the 90s. Um, I, at one point, stupidly, cellared 20 pounds of Walgreen Golden Cavendish. Let me tell you, Golden Walgreen Golden Cavendish does not age well. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what you're saying is, if it's not so good at the start, age doesn't help it. Exactly. If you don't like the blend now, you're not going to like the blend in 10 years. Well, there you go. All right, and since you have nothing to sell whatsoever, I won't mention any websites whatsoever. However, we will uh, we'll put a picture or two of you up on the website with, uh, or up on the page for the show with some of your favorite pipes so that... People can see them, and uh, they can also find you on Facebook if they want to friend request you, I guess. Sure. And we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. So are you ready? Sure. Fire away. The first two are going to be really tough for you. What is your favorite pipe? Uh, I don't think I have a favorite pipe, to tell you the truth. They're all my favorites. <laughs> And the next one is, what is your favorite tobacco? Definitely Virginia Freak. There we go. Uh, what's your favorite drink? Beer. All right, let's get a little more particular. Any kind in particular? Um, anything craft. I definitely more like, like the craft side of things nowadays versus uh, like the bigger manufacturers. Goes along with the vintage tobaccos and the uh, fancy made pipes. 
uh, when it's time to relax, is it a book, a movie, or music? A book. And last but not least, any particular favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't talked about? Oh, well, um, at the top of my head, there, there are so many. Uh, I, I particularly remember one tin of GLP's Fillmore, and I was down in Clearwater Beach, Florida, and it was extremely hot, like 100, 100 degrees plus, and I packed a bowl of Fillmore in my Tom Alping Crosby-style pipe, and the world seemed to melt away, time seemed to stop. Uh, it, it, it was almost like smoking an old vintage port. I have never been able to replicate that level of enjoyment out of a pipe, <laughs> unfortunately. But I'm trying. Couldn't hurt that you're down on the beach, too. So, Exactly. Brandon, thank you very much for your time. I look forward to seeing you in uh, Chicago at the end of this long upcoming winter and uh, spring. Make sure I stop by and we'll have a bowl together. We'll be back in just a minute. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. It's Saturday morning at the crack of dawn. The cool chill of night still clings to the air as the sun slowly rises over the misty surface of the lake. You've waited all week for just this moment. You know that today is going to be epic. Everything is here to ensure perfection, from the nice full cooler packed with your favorite suds to the other empty one, waiting to be filled with piles of freshly caught fish. Reaching into your pocket, you pull out your trusty briar and fill it with your favorite tobacco aptly named Great Outdoors. It is the perfect smoke for moments like these. A strike, a flash, and your tobacco is lit as the delicious mixture ignites and swirls over your tongue and the deep, rich burleys with a hint of sweet Virginia dance in your mouth. You smile, casting your first line into the water. The slowly widening ripples begin to stir as you feel the first bite of the day tug at your line. Now you know it truly is going to be a good day and a perfect time to enjoy the simple yet unmatchable pleasures of the great outdoors. Great Outdoors is another fine quality pipe tobacco manufactured by Sutliff, America's oldest tobacco company, and is available at fine tobacconists everywhere. Enjoy your perfect day by purchasing a tin today. This is Internet Radio. And this is the Pipes Magazine radio show, and we are back. Hey, um, it's probably too late in the year to commission a pipe for as a present, but uh, that's something to start thinking about for you know Father's Day or birthdays coming up. And <laughs> commission a blowfish from Lars Everson. That'll set you back a used car price. Anyway, all right, for music... I'm going to stay in the holiday theme, and I'm going to go to Louis Armstrong, along with Mel Torme, 
doing the uh, the Christmas song, better known as Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. This was recorded live in 1955, so it sounds a little crunchy, but I enjoy it. And yeah, hey, you can anytime you can get Mel Torme and Louis Armstrong together, can't be all that bad. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows A turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season bright Tiny little tots With their eyes all aglow Will find it hard to sleep Tonight They know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly So I'm offering this simple phrase To kids from one to ninety-two Though it's been said times many ways Merry Christmas to you Love and joy come to you and to you your carol too and God bless you and send you a happy And God send you a happy new year. Mel Torme with uh, Louis Armstrong and his orchestra. All I can say is, wow. Um, hey, we'll have uh, more holiday songs all through the season, and uh, maybe some more, maybe some fun ones, maybe a little more uh, smooth ones like this. Yes, you have new mail. Yahoo! We have a big mailbag to get through, so let's do it quickly. From John Siler, hi Brian, kids, boyfriends, girlfriends, get the shotgun ready. Yeah, I prefer Ginzu knives personally. Um, Anyway, dating Dunhill Pipes. Dating any pipe is important to appreciate the history of the pipe. Now to find a 1949 birth year Dunhill. 
Uh, I have heard of Jonathan and Moonshine Pipes from Facebook, but have not seen his work except through photographs. I like his approach of making a nice pipe at a decent price. The pipes on his website look very nice. The bulldog shape has always been one of the harder pipes to make. Your interview brings back memories of my dad who made beer and wine. I remember one jug of tomato wine uh, he made that tasted like Harvey's Bristol Cream Sherry. Wow, there's uh, <laughs> two things that I don't want to taste. Uh, John goes on to write, I like Jonathan's attitude and he will be a pipe maker to keep an eye on. White Christmas, heck, according to the weather map, you may have a white Thanksgiving. Uh, Bing is always good for a music selection. And then John actually writes OMG. John is a very forward-thinking guy using OMG. Uh, a rave. Uh, Ryan, I'm thankful we have people, you and Kevin, in our hobby that enjoys hosting the Pipe Podcast and bring us a plethora of great information. Happy Thanksgiving. Great show. Keep up the work. Thank you, John. Uh, Riff Raff writes, I haven't been here much lately, but still haven't missed a show. I, too, will be investigating a berthier Dunhill in the near future. Hopefully I'll be able to bring it on the cruise. Uh, Pipedia.org and Pipefill.eu are two of my favorite websites. I'm always using those for references. I really enjoyed the interview with Jonathan. I like that it is cool. I think that it is cool that he is making a super affordable handmade pipe. This guy gets what it's all about. I am nonplussed about using molded stems. Hell, even GBD had stems that were molded. Uh, Pre-transition pipes to boot. I love the music choice. Always been a Bing fan. The only other pipe that has a shape named after a person, at least that I know of, is the Umpal, otherwise known as the Hungarian. Uh, I'm thankful for this podcast. It may seem cheesy or corny. Yes, I've been accused of being cheesy or corny. I've also been accused of being nuts. Uh, so there's some other food that you can call me. Um, but I can't tell you how much I enjoy it. I look forward to it every week. Thanks, gents. I hope your Thanksgiving was great. Bill, we appreciate that. Uh, Mr. Moda Yoshi writes, Brian, great show yet again. That was a concise summary of Dunhill date codes. I have a birth year, Dunny, but am lucky that I'm a, that I am an England 26. Some homework for those of you who don't know the date codes. And they're not that expensive as the patent years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it helps being a little younger. Um, Mr. Lavezo's pipe, and it's... Uh, I've seen Mr. Lavezo's pipes, and it's good to see people have an affordable artisan option outside of factory pipes. You may or not may not remember the Dagners on YouTube from your Joe Case interview, but I believe they are the catalyst of the poker shape. They have quite a following on the younger the younger pipe community members. The son Jason Dagner is a big fan of pokers and pretty much launched Joe Case's career and popularized the Jake Hackert poker. The Dagner Slayer is one of Joe's popular shapes, and it's a poker also. For new carvers, I would say it's comparatively easier to carve considering the work it takes to get a billiard or bulldog done right. Loved listening to Bing Serenatus this week. They don't make music like they used to. Have a happy Turkey Day, your friend in Japan, Andrew. Uh, P.S. You need to try the GQ uh, burper cake. Uh, and a postscript on that. I've got samples of the GQ stuff, and I've been working my way through them and enjoying them. Um, S.S. Jones, Al writes, Great show, Brian. He hates these cans. 
is a reference to the only good Steve Martin movie, The Jerk. Uh, now, I will say that the, that bringing down the house with uh, Steve Martin and Queen Latifah, that was funny too. Uh, but thanks for clearing that up, and yeah, I went back and watched The Jerk again. Bring us some fresh wine. No more of this old... Uh, Casey Ghostwright, really good discussion of Dunhill dating. I wish there was a chance in hell of me remembering it. <laughs> me too. Uh, very pleasant interview. I'd never heard of Jonathan. I did go to his site to look at his pipes and was disappointed to see he had none for sale and wasn't likely to anytime soon. Obviously, business is good. Don't see how he can really support himself with pipe selling from 75 to 150. You would have to make and sell two pipes a day just to get by. The Lavat might be considered a shape named after a person. Okay. Uh, he goes on to write, You can never go wrong with Derbingle. As a musical guest, kudos for passing on the tired White Christmas and going with the wonderful Count Your Blessings. You can never go wrong taking a little time and counting your blessings. And, uh, yeah, I just want to go back to that and say, you know, that was my basic idea. Was the uh, the music and the rave was, hey, it's the little things in life that all add up to make it uh, worthwhile. And then Dan goes on to write that, oh, and the Ramses is named after a person is another pipe named after a person. Um, Rev Pipe says, I've been listening to the show for about a year now. Look forward to it every week. One of the best interviews of a down-to-earth pipe maker in my estimation. Thanks. Looking forward to adding one of his pipes to my collection. Voorhees, good to hear of another up-and-coming pipe maker who says the U.S. never makes anything anymore. Bing Crosby is my favorite crooner. Count Your Blessings is a wonderful segue song for this time of the year. And Brian, better known as Fuel Pump, says, You've given me a couple of missions now. Find a birthier Dunhill and looking into a moonshine pipe. I like Jonathan's business model to keep prices down and getting new people excited about pipe smoking. Hope, the, hope that more people with these skills get involved in making pipes. But you are right, there are, are very few blenders. Uh, not too long ago, there were tobacconists in all large towns. Now you may have to travel quite a ways to get to a true tobacco shop. Great show. Thank you all for the comments. Let's go back to uh, one from a couple of weeks ago. Gary wrote me, uh, Listen to your podcast on my Downcast app in my log cabin, and I have full internet in my mini, in my mini countryman. Wow, I love that. Listening listening in a log cabin and you get internet in your mini Ooh, um, i use everclear for cleaning and then wipe down my stems with organic olive oil push stems and army go into a kitchen matchbox with a paper towel on the inside bottom and into ziploc bags it's worked for 40 plus years the rubber bits slide off easily and i take them off after every smoke i think he's talking about the little uh little rubber uh, pipe tips. Uh, bought two pipes from GQ last year, and I put a spot of milk in my tea like many Americans. Okay, I've, all right, I give in. Uh, store my pipes in a Lazy Susan out of the sunlight in my kitchen. So there's another idea on how to keep your pipes clean and maintained. And last but not least, well, no, we got a few more coming up here. Uh Comment on the rant from show 107. Travis says you should get a semi-air horn hooked up. I think he's talking about when I wanted a polite horn and an angry horn. 
Uh, nothing screams get out of the way like one of those suckers. Love the show. I'm catching up on the last couple of months of shows. Keep up the good work. Keep the show coming. Thanks, Travis. I'm picturing a big old fog, a big old semi horn on my little old Lexus. <laughs> and we'll get a couple more in here. Uh, Pat from Canada, way up there where it's cold. Uh, thanks for another good show and the introduction to another new, to me at least, Carver. I've enjoyed watching the growth and development of the boutique pipe maker over the last three years. While I know the industry is older and more storied, I've only been an observer since 2012. Over this time, I've seen an explosion of social media as a marketing tool and simultaneous community builder with the growth of the YouTube and Instagram pipe maker smoker community. Yeah, I've noticed it too, and it's also what I've noticed is how it's segmented. You're either a YouTube pipe smoker, you might be an Instagram pipe smoker, you might be in a, you know, in a forum group. Uh, anyway, uh, he goes on to write that this has led to a small celebrity status being applied to some carvers and retailers, but also has expanded the market for pipes to a younger and more wired audience. Yes, this has also led to newer carvers selling artisan pipes at the same prices as established carvers, but it has also led to the nurturing and evolution of new talent. Uh, one evolution that I've noted and wondered about is the number of carvers and small factories, like Jonathan, that are making handmade or hand-finished pipes at affordable prices. I think this has the potential to open the market and look forward to trying out some of these pipes. I have one of Chris Morgan's blackjack pipes on order and have looked longingly at some of the Icarus and Neptune pipes since May. Uh, with Chris Asquith doing hand-finished pipes and Wayne Typen selling entry-level pipes, things are looking good for folks that want a quality pipe at a sub-$200 pricing. Uh, Pat's exactly right. That's all kind of a recent phenomenon and uh, one that's coming around quickly. Uh, Lord of the Pipe Rings, this will be the last one. I just started following Moonshine Pipes on Instagram. So there you go. Uh, he has some very nice work posted on there. Even if you're not into social media, Instagram is a very good one because there are a lot of carvers on there posting their work and usually linking their website or listing a contact info for commissions or purchasing. The poker is a shape that's grown on me and it seems on the hobby in general over the last couple of years. I finally picked up my first this year at the West Coast Pipe Show. It's a wonderful one made by Don Warren out of New Mexico. To me, it's just a great clenching shape that a lot of artists and carvers do very well. I'm thankful for the radio show. Keep up the great work on it and hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, last one. One more. One more, Kevin. Hang on. Uh, Raven Wolf wrote, I have five pipes from Jonathan, all very recently acquired. Guess the secret is out. Ha! Pop that secret on you. Uh, he goes on to write, he makes an awesome devil ant shape pipe extremely well and affordable, usually about 100 bucks. Several of mine were less than that. Good briar, German ebonite stem material, Delrin tenon, everything is cut and shaped out on his lathe, hand sanded, no molded prefab stems. He works out of an 8x10 shed with plans to upgrade soon. Last time I chatted with him, he said he's been making 3 to 4 pipes per day, 16 hour long days, and he gets orders for twice his capacity pretty much every day. He does a fair bit to support the troops too. I proudly smoke his pipes for that reason. He gives out uh, for that reason. He gives out discounts to all active duty and veterans as well. 
Quality to price ratio, can't beat. Certainly not for any brand new pipe. The bowl interior is also encoded, which I prefer. So there's a raging endorsement. And that'll wrap up the uh, mailbag. Although I feel like I was forgetting something, but maybe I'll catch it on the end of the rant, which is coming up in just a minute. I'm not just a pipe smoker. I'm a Meerschaum pipe smoker. All of my pipes come from MeershamStore.com. They've been in business for 50 years, and I can trust that there will be no hassles. Orders are processed and shipped fast, and they have every shape you can imagine, including Calabash, Claws, Dragons, Horror, even a sexy series. MeershamStore.com, the most trusted Meersham store for 50 years. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at SmokingPipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. Quick rant here, quick rant here. I'm on LinkedIn. Sure, you want to link in with me? Go ahead. I don't care. But what good is LinkedIn? I've yet to figure out what exactly LinkedIn's good is in the endorsements because I've got, um, I, you know, I've got some people on LinkedIn that I haven't seen or talked to since uh, junior high or middle school or whatever you want to call it. But anyway, there, there they are on LinkedIn with me, LinkedIn and endorsing my skills in whatever sales or marketing or business to business or whatever. Some of these are people, you know, I got people on LinkedIn that I'm linked in with that I don't even know who they are, let alone having last seen them when I was, uh, you know, 12 years old. But there they are on LinkedIn. So if somebody can explain to me what good being linked in with all these people is and what good all their endorsements are when they don't really know me, I'm beginning to think that, you know, maybe LinkedIn is just the Twitter of a business world. I don't know. I, is there something I should be doing on LinkedIn? Somebody needs to help me out with that. Somebody tell me about LinkedIn and... Uh, <laughs> If you can uh, tell me what good all those endorsements are and everything like that, hey, that would be absolutely wonderful to me. Uh, as far as I know, I'm about as LinkedIn in the pipe and tobacco world as one can get, and I'm getting more and more LinkedIn just by doing this little show every week. So, there. If you've been on the show or you're you listen to the show, you're LinkedIn with me, and I'm LinkedIn with you, and I endorse you. So there you go. That's the end of that. I endorse you. 
Um, hey, Christmas season is back, and so is uh, Frosty the Pipe Smoker. Yeah, my uh, Build-A-Bear workshop snowman, Frosty, he's back, and he's uh, downstairs sitting in the reclining chair waiting for me for my uh, pipe and drink tonight after the show, so guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to head off and do that. Uh, remember, Pipes Magazine radio show every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, a brand new show. Leave ratings and reviews wherever you uh, listen to the show. Tell all your friends about it. Uh, tomorrow, I fly off to Texas. I'll be in Austin tomorrow night hanging out with some guys from the Austin Pipe Club. And then Friday night, I'm crashing the Houston Pipe Club. So get to spend some time with uh, some of you guys out there on the streets of Texas. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. And until next time. Cares about the clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy I got my name on the phone book, and now I'm on your ass. You know, I'll bet more people see that than the phone book. <laughs>